I went on the rides, mate. I did. Well, the right, the bloke, right. First ride I got on, yeah. Strapped everyone in. Come to me. Push the harness down. She ain't closing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his, got his feet up behind him on the barriers. Full weight of him on the back on the fucking harness. He had it that tight on my chest. I couldn't take a full breath. I was like half breaths. And then I was, was that going to be all right, mate? It's like, yeah, we'll find out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hurting around in the air on this ride. I was like, fucking mate. I was like, I can't breathe. I was like, is that going to be all right? It's like, ah, yeah, we'll find out. You know what I mean? I was like, fucking hell, can't. Hello and welcome back to the Comfort Food Love Podcast, episode 28. I was just saying we were stonking through these. Back another Sunday evening. Dark outside already. The winter months are coming. Very depressing. Very depressing. <laughs> That's what I said to you, isn't it? On the yeah. way here, George, didn't I? It's it like, it's getting dark. I went, yeah, autumn's here. He goes, depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. When, when you go to work in the dark and come home in the dark, it's, it's like you're just... It's yeah, like rickets, mate. It's like you're existing and you're not living. I work in the dark. I was born like that. It, it, mate, it's just like you've got no life. Like, you just fucking... I don't know. You're, you're in proper drone mode in the winter. I quite like it. Do you hibernate, Lou? <laughs> yeah, people like to stay in, don't they, because of this. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's I feel soup. less guilty about staying in. Yeah, when you're all your mum's electric up the wall. Yeah, and I can walk outside without fear of those UVs, man. Yeah, set it on fire. I mean, I do take vitamin D supplements in the winter. What, because of less sunlight? Yeah. I should take them every day, really, but I forget. When I went to Lapland, I don't know where it is. Is it? It fin- is in Finland. It is Finland. I looked at it the other day. Oh, yeah. I, think I'm, I think I mentioned this before. It, dark all day, mate. Very, very strange experience. And can I just say about uh, Lapland, by the way, because I'm an idiot. I thought Lapland was literally just... Like a resort. The name, yeah, the name Lapland was not physical place. It was the name of... What it's called, like a resort. Yeah. Oh, so you're telling me it's a natural place? Lapland is a place. Yeah, it's, it's called f- Lapland in Finland. It's where is Father it? Christmas lives, mate. Is it? A, is it a region? It might be a region. It's a yeah. It might be a region. It's oh, something like that. I was just. I thought, thought it was a resort. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a place. Yeah, yeah, like a title. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. but like Butlins. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah. yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's mental. Fuck yeah. It. All that dark all day, mate. Very strange experience. However, they're used to it. They handle it better. They kit it out for it. We are not. We just get the rough end of it, don't we? So, uh, what's going on with these fucking idiots throwing soup at the Van Gogh paintings? <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah, because I keep seeing it, it popping up. It's not up. Extinction Rebellion, though, is it? It's, it's just stop oil. Just stop oil. My mum was talking about it today. First um, thing I'll say, what's Van Gogh got to do with it? And, and they've been throwing... And somebody has to tell me this because my mum couldn't really describe it. They've been throwing milk in shops. Yeah, I've heard this yeah. in Sainsbury's pouring milk out or something. They superglued themselves to the wall, didn't they, at the Van Gogh exhibition? Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, they don't, what they don't know is that superglue is a petroleum product. So they fucked it there. And the gang. And the Heinz soup as well. I mean, that, they're clearly rich kids throwing Heinz soup away. That painting will be uh, covered in glass, wasn't it? Yeah, what the it? frames damage. The artwork is intact. Like my sister said, though, Where's they're fighting for a cause, right? Yeah. They're fighting for oil environment. Mm. And she said, why are people worried about the paintings? Because the paintings won't be anything when the environment's fucked. No one's here. Oh, my God, that's so profound. <laughs> on, this, on the other foot, <laughs> mate, Van Gogh weren't using crude oil, bro. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted, Did he chop his ear off? Yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to chill and cut his ear off. <laughs> 
He's done nothing wrong. Yeah, we've had this uh, discussion on the uh, this exact discussion on it, the dinner table about it. It's just I'm a pretty against it. Pub, it's publicity, isn't it, mate. It's that is a direct route to the top of publicity. Well, what I have said is, and I think we've spoke about before about Instinction Rebellion. You've got to think about your protest tactics, right? Mm. In my opinion, a good protest is one that you can get people, the community, the society on board with, mm-hmm. right? Instead of people looking at you thinking, look at those fucking dickheads wasting milk. There's look at f- those people fucking that. You know what I mean? No one's going to be with you, so you're, you're fighting a losing battle. No, I suppose there's a fine line between going too far yeah. and... But then my sister said... Getting followers. Look at the suffragettes. At the time, they were smashing <coughs> shit up. And people were saying the same thing. Throwing oh. themselves in front of horses. Yeah. Smashing thought, windows? Were they smashing windows? I thought they were quite peaceful, them lot. The no. suffragettes, no? What were they fighting <laughs> for? The right to vote? Yeah. I think that these just stop oil protests and these extinct. I've 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 rethought my stance on it, actually, because I've came in quite hard on extinction rebellion in previous episodes, and I've gone away and I've thought about it. Do you realise that <laughs> global warming's real now? No, no, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I think that these people are just so desperate to find meaning in their life that they join these movements and they're no better than you know al-qaeda blowing themselves up for something that doesn't exist these people have these apocalyptic visions that the world is going to end and you see the tweets they tweet out afterwards the group not the individuals so it's clearly okayed by the committee talking in like apocalyptic terms as if the world is going to end unless we let all these hippies throw soup on things I just think it's ridiculous because there's no... Con- the suffragettes, for example, they wanted women's rights to vote, to be party to a democracy and a system. That is something that you can see. It, they've painted the picture for you. It, you can understand it. It's, it's something you can grasp and obtain. Yes. And these people just saying, just stop oil, the world's going to end. It doesn't make any sense. How, yeah, what are they expecting? Yeah, it just, it's just ridiculous. And they're allowed to get away with it. And these people get radicalised. Maybe saying they're like Al-Qaeda is too strong because they blow people up. But, <laughs> and I know OJ's cringing here because he knows he's going to he's gonna have to like tactfully edit this so we don't get cancelled. But what I mean is that these... Are they extremists, you think, these Yeah, th- that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, Although not. What they do is you have the core group of people who come with these radical ideas and they indoctrinate, I hate using the term, but it's a term that people find palatable, brainwashing these younger people to do crazy things that are outrageous in wider society to achieve goals that aren't even like a malleable thing to obtain. Do they not think their energy would be better used trying to work towards the renewable sources of energy? Yeah. Rather than super gluing the hands to shit and throwing fucking tins of Heinz smart soup over fucking stuff. Yeah, and pissing everybody off. Get a job on a research but do team. You not, do you not think that all of this requires some government intervention? Yeah, well, the government's on it, aren't they? Yeah, they're, 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 all the government's the, talk the government about is green, green, green. <clears throat> yeah, but have they hit any of their targets? Fucking people. Are they going to hit any of their targets? People no. moan straight away. No, there's a solar farm. <laughs> they're not. They're, so they're, so they're, they're, they're going to the extreme. When there's a solar farm built, everyone kicks off like fuck. But everyone knows not the them, world. Though. Not those. Not those people. No, it's those people who don't care about the we environment know, and and don't want it. We all know the world's fucking suffering, but all of us kick off when oh, they're going to put a fucking wind turbine in that field. It's going to be ugly. But we all know the world needs it. 
Let's analogise this with something that we care deeply about on this podcast, and that is ALF bars. We love them, <laughs> but we hate them at the same time because of the plastic waste and the detriment they have on young kids. Now, if we wanted to launch a movement, which I don't feel that passionately about, so I'm not going to, but if we were that way inclined, and we wanted to stop ALF bars, best way to go about that is to get educated on the subject, find the statistics, talk yep. to the right people, do talks, TED Talks, meetings, talk to the people in the industry to try and make a change. Excuse me. Earthquake outside. <laughs> <laughs> Creaky floorboard up above on the top floor. And then, uh, and then start a movement to get people on board. With to, solid in, facts yeah, behind you. And, but to encourage people not to lose their minds over the issue. I completely but, agree, by the way. Yeah, but to actually take the stance of, no, I think these elf bars are bad. And I'm going to encourage my fellow 14-year-olds that after school, instead of going and buying an elf bar from the corner shop, we'll just go buy a packet of cigarettes. May, I, <laughs> may I just say at the fun fair the other night, it's uh, local mop season for us around here. The fun fair, travelling mop, uh, runaway mop, sorry. The amount of thirteen-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds smoking alf bars yeah. was unfucking real. Alf bars are different, different topic. Sticking on this, mm-hmm. I completely agree. By the way, and this is what I was saying at the dinner table today, is that they need to change their tactics to think. And this is going to sound so not pretentious, but or capitalist business ask. But they need to focus on marketing, mm-hmm. PR. They need to create a campaign that people. And what I was the the sort of example I provided. My mum and sister was the ice bucket challenge, mm-hmm. right? So they need to do something like that, but something that is. You think they need to go a different? To be, they need to go a different no, way. No, it'll come to be. But anyway, something that's gonna have an impact. Uh, basically, it might be everybody goes to a shop and doesn't buy a certain product or mm-hmm. something like that, and they create a campaign around that that people can get behind. They need to start using like the power of things going viral. Exactly. I feel like these people are quite stuck in the old age. I feel like protests should move past that now mm. and do something like the ice bucket challenge. Where let's be honest, right? People didn't really care about giving money to charity. They just wanted to be seen doing the ice bucket challenge on video. The trend. They want right? to be part of the movement. Exactly. A part of the trend. Not because maybe the of what's behind it, the meaning behind it, because they just, because it's viable, people want to get involved. Mm-hmm. So I think these, um, like uh, Greenpeace and these these organisations need to start doing these sort of campaigns. Well, neck, nom- neck have, nominations, like, same thing. Yeah, exactly. And they can have like hashtags, mm-hmm. hashtag don't drink milk or some shit like that. I, should, I know it doesn't make sense, but like just something, something like, like that. Something like that, yeah. And then people are not really cared about the cause behind it, but it creates a big impact on certain companies if they're doing that. And then you encourage people to take pictures or videos of them doing it. Do they need to go about it in a more educated way then? I don't think it's an educated it's way, just... but you need to get people on side. If you, if, if, you're, if you haven't got society on side, it's going to be very difficult to make an impact. Mm. Because people, all you're doing is alienating yourself. Yeah, further. exactly. Like If you look at the, the news and Reddit over the last week... You hit the headlines, not because you've done something good, but because you've been naughty. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so they say, two people throw soup over Van Gogh paint and then glue themselves to the floor. And they show a picture of these two, like, I don't know how old are they, like 19, 20? They're not very old. And they're just there. They throw the soup and they glue themselves down and then they get hoid off. And people 
it's then in the hands of the the news outlets to decide what the story is. And the story, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm sure, has been that the this is a terrible thing. People read that instead of thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm going to start throwing soup on stuff." They think, "Oh, these fucking hippies." Yeah, they, they soup. do. They do. And then you go on Reddit. And you see the video of them doing it on, like, I'm a total piece of shit and Noah get the boat and all these, like, <laughs> negative things. And all the comments are like, I wish, you know, what has Van Gogh ever done? There's, like, a picture of Van Gogh crying. <laughs> and it's like, you've not... When the people that read the Telegraph, who I guess you could say are traditionally, like, conservatives and, like, wealthier people, and then people reading the Daily Mail, I guess is also right-wing. Oh, it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you are or what part of the internet you are. If everybody's hating on what you're doing, nobody gives a fuck what your message is. Do you think me- yeah, media portrayal has a lot to do with it too? Yeah, definitely. Like some things- But I don't even think that. I just think even if the media portrayal wasn't there, I guarantee you people were still saying. Like my mum, she's not particularly right-wing, but she's got to sit there going, I don't like wasted food don't like people wasting food. So when she saw this milk being thrown everywhere, <clears throat> she's yeah. like, what's the fucking point? And also because it's not really connected to the, or it, I know cows and they have a big impact on the environment and I'm sure there is a connection there, but it's not a, a sort of the greatest link. Mm. So people see that, same with Van Gogh, people see that and think, well, fucking what's that? Like, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, exactly. And Another thing that they can't control is the other people filming what's happening. So I yeah. saw one, I think it was in Morrison's, these people tipping milk out. And they probably had a fourth person. There's some dude stood there, looked like she'd be in art college, stood there, you know, like with his shoulders slanted down, like lazily holding a sign saying, stop milk. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. And, but there's other people recording because they're causing the scene. And then so you have all these people giving them shit and they're asking, what are you doing? Oh, and they just reel off this bullshit that, you know, oh, cows produce blah, 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 so we're going to tip all their hard work away on the floor. And I think those cows have gone out, they've got a job, they don't drive cars, <laughs> they're not policing, they're just living their best life, and you're chucking all their milk on the floor. What they need to realise is milk comes out of cows udders, not petrol or diesel. Or oil. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved, baby. Exactly. There's no crude oils coming out of a cow's teat. But where I disagree with you guys, I agree with their principle and principle, and maybe they do catastrophize, right? Their principles are mm. solid, mate. It's just maybe the way they, they do, go about it. But I think there's more evidence to suggest that we're not doing enough, and let's, that could that could have a real, real impact. Let's spin this on round. the lives of everyone. If you wanted to make a stand, what would you do? That's what I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't think they've gone. I was saying, I agree with their principle, and I understand why they're protesting. I don't agree with their protesting strategy, you have protest to, strategy. You have to shout loud enough to be heard, though, don't you? I think if I, if I was going to make a stand and I thought, right, I want to start a movement, they I would encourage people to go into car dealerships and say, I want to buy a car. And they'll offer you the cars and you'll say, no, I don't want to buy those because they're petrol, they're diesel. I only want something that's good for the environment. And then you just go home. You don't, you and might video not, it. Yeah, you might not even want to car electric cars. Place, on yeah. And if you just encourage enough people to go into car dealerships and refuse to buy a car, maybe entertain the idea for like 30 minutes, be like, nah, I think it's bad for the environment, and then just leave. All the nerds back at Ford are going to be like, the market research says that people don't want to be driving these cars anymore, and yeah. they're going to change their ways. Because obviously, they're already making electric cars. There's already things in the works. There's scientists who are spending their time in an educational manner researching alternatives instead of, you know, throwing <laughs> tomorrow's <laughs> soup, you know? 
it's happening. Is it happening fast enough? Uh, probably not. Affordability is a massive there's, factor. There's, there's a this. balance. We're we're heading into a crisis. How how many people? Yeah, can... but the point is, you know, you'll never ever these things. You're heading into a crisis. We're doing this. We're doing that. None of that's going to matter if you're going to be dead in a hundred years or 150 years, 200 years. Well, I probably will be dead in a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of course you will. Will. Like the, the <laughs> None of that would matter because it's the end game. Let's burn it up, baby. Yeah, well, if we take that stance, it could be like, well, the world could fucking end tomorrow anyway, couldn't it? Because Putin could nuke the fuck out of everybody. So It's, it's not as slow as it, it's the future generations, bro. Yeah, they'll deal with it. And this is something that's semi in our control. I've heard people say they won't have children because the world's that fucked up now. I don't want to bring a child into this world. That is very extreme. That is extreme. And those, those people, again, have been radicalised by a select few people who think that it's immoral to raise children. Do you know what we need to do? Fucking knobholes, We mate. need to get... So I might actually do this. I might email Greenpeace or Extinction Rebellion or... What was it? Oil what? Just Stop Oil. Just Stop Oil. Get one of them, get them on the podcast. Get on the podcast. I reckon yeah. we can record by phone on here as well. We could, oh. we could ring them. But, like, but I'd be interested to have them on. Like I was just yeah. saying, mate, affordability is going to be a massive factor of this. How many people, like, yes, electric cars, brilliant idea. How many people can actually afford them? And I agree on that. And what people don't realise is that uh, <laughs> every action has an equal and opposite reaction, right? You can't just... Einstein? No, it wasn't Einstein. It was... Nikola Tesla. It was someone I've forgotten who... Anyway, a lot of people think, oh, we should just do this. We should just do that. But, you know, it's a dial. You change one dial and then one thing goes wrong and then you're fucked. Do you-, you, you, you do one thing and it might make 10 million people more poorer. Thomas Sowell said that many of today's problems are caused by yesterday's solutions. Yeah, it's true. You, you've got to be really, 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 really careful. So, like, electric cars, right, if they made them affordable for everyone, mm-hmm. would then the big CEOs of these electric car companies like Elon Musk say, fuck it, I'm out of this now because I'm not making half as much money as I used to? Do you think he'd just pull out and leave it? Money's, money's a big factor. I, I, Do you think he'd just fucking bail? Like what, now? in terms of what? Like, they made... Like, Tesla's- but how, how are you proposing that they make them more affordable first? if they have to, if there's a legislation or a law saying they have to make them affordable, like under £10,000 a car. Yeah, but Elon Musk said in an interview I watched the other day, and I'm going to have to paraphrase it, but he was saying, so that, like, if you make a product that's a million dollars and you sell loads of them and they're still a million dollars, the problem with the price is not to do with, like, consumption, basically. He goes, that's behind the scenes why it's that expensive. Like we talked about last week with the robot, he wants to make them affordable for yeah. more people to get them because it will better the world. Not everybody is like that, obviously. Is and he thinking about the world? Or is he really thinking about the money? Well, he he wants a little base on Mars, doesn't he? So he's going to do whatever it takes to get the base <laughs> yeah, there. He's but, pretty ludicrous. But affordability. So number one, you know, you talk about that, and like I said, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So you say to every company, you've got to make all these cars for ten thousand pounds, right? So a lot of these companies well, well, might make operate at a loss for a number of years, and then they go bankrupt because they can't make yeah, this. Right? We can't do it. Yeah, they can't do it, and then they go and they go bankrupt, and you don't have anybody making these electric cars yeah. anymore. Then you're fucked. Fossil fuels, baby. They're never gonna. <laughs> they're no problems with them. So you gotta you've got to be careful about how you do it. It's the same with like taxes and people saying tax oil companies loads and loads of money, but then what happens if? A lot of these, are, and I know this might not happen in real life. When they pass the cost down to but, us. But if you, no, it's not just that. You tax these companies a lot, 
but also it's juxtaposed juxtaposition because you want them to also invest in green energy. So the more they, they're taxed, yeah, less the less rot. they're going to invest in green energy, right? Double-edged blade, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You've got to be, you have to get the balance. You can't just go all one way and then expect nothing to happen the opposite way, right? Mm. And that, what a lot of people, when they think about things, they don't understand that. Yeah. They just see the black and white of it. Mm. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. We should tax more people this. We should tax people less people this. We should do this. We should do that. It's like, yeah, but you know what does that impact does that have on something else as you just draw them out of a hat like oh these five companies got to pay more tax this year the rest don't have to and then they can invest in the green energy (laughs) (laughs) but but then but then why would those why would that company continue to operate in that market when they could be out competed by someone else who's not subject to that you get brain drains don't you just law where, where people get taxed too much they they just leave. They go elsewhere because they're talent. They are valuable assets. And if you don't cultivate an environment that they want to stay in, then they'll just go somewhere else. What do you think our country could do to make it more green? To make what more green? And the country in general, just England. Sub- subsidise. So they, you know, they did do. I think for a little bit. I don't know if the what con- like- conservative government actually want to take away for electric well, renewables in general. Right. Electric vehicles, yeah, you could mm. offer incentive for people to buy electric vehicles like they did with diesel cars. Yeah. So at one point, they wanted everybody to buy diesel. And so what they did is then the tax. Then there's the emissions the tax. What was it then? It wasn't just on diesel. It was on newer cars, wasn't it? They wanted people to buy newer cars. They're more emission friendly. So road tax was like £20 yeah, my on di- those cars. Yeah, on my new diesel I had a while ago, it was £30. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So then everybody's like, oh, we can save loads of money, let's upgrade to a newer car. But then, obviously, at some point, someone pays for that. The taxpayer pays for it. But, subs- uh, yeah, subsidiary is not necessarily a good thing, as we're finding out at the moment. It depends. It depends. It increases the public spending dramatically. It does, but it does. But they do, you know, you can get a, a benefit from them for those companies in that market to grow massively. It's tricky, isn't it? It depends so, on which America time you've a, got. America use, use a lot of subsidies. Yeah, but they... They are, they are quote-unquote, banned in the international market. You're not supposed to... World Trade Organization trade rules. You're not mm. supposed to subsidize anything because you're, it's uncompetitive because then artificially a company can sell things for cheaper than a, their competitors. But not because they're delivering yeah. something more efficiently. It's only because the government are paying for it. It's difficult to know. <laughs> for sake. Sorry. It's difficult to know the outcome of subsidiaries as well. Like the the only example that comes to mind for America is, and I think I probably touched on this before, but the subsidiaries for corn in the U- U.S. You know, at the time, nobody would have predicted that the most detrimental outcome of subsidising corn would be one in four Americans being massively obese. Because all these people are making corn for so cheap, can't sell that much sweet corn. <laughs> Definitely can't sell that much popcorn. So what do you do? You make high fructose corn syrup, pump it in everything, and everyone gets fat. And that's what I was saying. That everything has an equal and opposite reaction. You have to take into account these different things, and what there's you, a balance. What do you think of the UK government subsidiaries on ed- ed- energy? What in terms of? Do you think it's? Do you think Kamikaze Cortain was? Good. No, I think they need to do a windfall tax. The windfall tax is, and, and again, it would have negative effects in mm. some ways because those energy companies 
will be reluctant to, to invest in green energy. Mm. But I'd like to see, and this is going to be an argument against what I was just saying anyway, but I'd like to see how much these companies have put into investing in green energy instead of just investing in continuing their operations in mm. high carbon emissions <clears throat> production. The windfall tax, I think, is the best way because how they wanted to do it and how they are sort of doing it, it the taxpayer are going to end up paying for it anyway, right? Yeah. So, you know, people, and this is what people don't understand, they're like, oh, I don't want to pay more energy, more energy prices, don't, mm. I don't want my prices, I want them to be capped. But they're going to end up paying for that anyway. We're going to end up paying for that difference anyway in tax. Because they have to go, come from somewhere. Rory Stewart on his podcast with Alistair Campbell, The Rest is Politics, which I'd recommend to our listeners to listen to after they've listened to ours, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> he was saying that the UK and other Western countries have been encouraging third world countries for however many decades not to subsidize things and to give people cash payments to pay for things. And so the problem with subsidizing things is the government spends all this money on subsidizing it and all that's happened with this cap now is that loads of people's electricity prices are just going to match the cap whereas if you give people cash payments the industry knows how much money there is going into people's pockets to be able to pay just for energy and it doesn't burden the public through tax as much even though it still costs money but also though on on that, how can you trust people to spend that cash wisely? It's true. Well, this you're, you're, is the problem, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're trusting people. It, and there's, in the book Poor Economics, they did a whole segment on this in mm. poor countries. Oh, that was it. Um, and I've spoke about this before. They did, they subsidised for poor people, I think it was in India. They gave them a cash payment to mm. buy more food, right? And... In places like this, the most calorific food is rice. Mm -hmm. So if you are given more money, you should buy more rice. Rice, rice, baby. right? Because it's going to give you more. <laughs> it's give you more calories, and it's going to give you more energy, right? Mm -hmm. Gives you a crush of Corey, bro. And and rice, baby. <laughs> the more energy you have, and this is such a horrible way to look at things, right? But this is just the capitalist world we live in. Mm -hmm. The more energy you have, the more productive your labour is, right? Yeah. So instead of working half a day and then the other half you're too tired because you don't have enough calories in your body, you can't work as hard. And therefore, you either get fired or you get laid off for half a day. Look, come back tomorrow. If the more calories you have, you can work, maybe work a full day. You'll be more productive. But they gave cash payments to these people. And what they did with it is they bought nicer tasting food, mm. like sausages, bacon, which is less calorific than rice. So actually, they were no better off. Because actually what they started doing is buying less rice and more tasty food, which you would do naturally because you're not, you know, humans, no matter what some people say, are not always optimal. Then why we have our did, own Did they tastes. buy any beans? Yeah, probably beans. Good lads. And so, yeah, so what they did, they started buying less rice, more less calorific food, and they were even less productive, right? Yeah, that, I, I do agree. Do you think that perhaps the way to remedy do that is to have a system that they do for student loans where the nine grand goes not it doesn't go into your bank account it goes straight to the university 
because I, I know that it would come to the beginning of the next term of like, I've spunked that nine grand. <laughs> well, the next year or whatever. Like, obviously, giving a kid 21 grand to pay for three years of tuition, you can't trust them. But by just saying, this is your money, but we're going to hold on to it and we're going to move it to the party for you, it alleviates that issue with people perhaps but, spending it. But then you've got to think that company are getting that money for free. And how mm. much are they? Do you, have to, do you have to create laws to ensure that they provide that food? But also that fucks with the pricing and supply and demand because yeah. they're guaranteed income. Mm. So demand's not falling, demand's not rising, so your prices are not staying the same. Well, I mean, Tesco's always trying to be the uh, good guy recently, <clears throat> which they have been. I'm not going to discredit them for that. They do try and take a less, maybe it's all just PR, but they do. It's just a solid marketing campaign. But the chairman will come out and say, look, it's really hard for people. We have a job to help them. And supermarkets, I think. That's easy to do, mate. Yeah. Supermarkets have become a integral part of the supply system for the supply chain for, for everyday life. Now all the small independent shops have been absorbed, you know, destroyed by them, but, uh, Tesco's making cuts though. Yeah. If you've noticed. So could you not issue some sort of like vouchers that you could only go and spend in Tesco? Yeah. I mean, that's probably on, a, on not just rice, but rice pasta, you know, the Tesco value. Yeah. Here. And I think there is, that is probably like a, a good way to do it. Just talking about all this. You know when Tes- Tesco still do the price match? How does, how does that affect the economy? Because they will, if you can find cheaper in the supermarket, they'll match it. Are they, are they running at a loss for that? I doubt it. Or they, are they... Because no, if you're going to price match, whoever you're price matching with, it's going to have to be making a profit. They're selling bulk more or, of. Or, or also, like, why does it matter if they make a loss on that product, as long as you come into Tesco? Yes. Oh, I'm going to price match. I'll go to, I, I could be going to Aldi, yeah, but you'll say you're going to price, price match on food. You're, probably, so, you're paying for a bit. So, I'll, yeah, I'll take the loss on the price match, but you're still shopping in Tesco yeah, buying all my other food. You're buying the other stock. Yeah. Here's a good way to think about it. I, was, I learned the other day how Klarna works. I've actually just made my first Klarna purchase this year. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> What did you buy? Uh, a ring for my girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Just for that crack, lad. Yeah, you simp. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, Klarna, what they do is they'll say, say Next, if you're going to buy something from Next, as some of us do. You might buy, you want a jacket, the jacket's 100 quid, right? You want to do it with, your, I don't know if Next do Klarna, but just in this example, pretend that they do. Klarna will give Next... £97. They'll buy it for £97, for example. So, Next has made a sale they might not otherwise have made. Yes, they've lost three quid on it, but they're still in profit. They'll be selling so much more on yeah. finance, bro. And then, so Klarna now owns that, and then you own, you owe Klarna three payments. If they you make, miss the payments, then... They make £3 profit as well. They make £3 profit, they come and, and get then if you. you miss the payments, they send a Swedish man to come and get the pee from you. And then they make money that way. But what that suggests is that Next could, in theory, sell that jacket for £97 anyway and still make profit. So you've got to remember that on all the things that we buy, the profit margins are still at a certain rate, like pubs tend to do, 
two and a half times what it cost them for. Yeah, you're pub- so fucking in, robbers, mate. Yeah, but all, all <laughs> places are like that. Like That's just the way it is. So in theory, they could do, instead of two and a half times, they could do 2.3 times or you know 2.25 or something like that. Make less profit. Is but, it greed or is it a case of survival? It's a case of survival. What's greed? They're making a bigger markup. It's business, though, isn't it? No, you that's you what want, I'm saying. You want, people to make, you want these businesses to make money. Well, be sustainable. You, they employ people. If you full well know your business could survive and could prosper on a lower margin, would you do it? Or would you like, actually, no, fuck it, I'm going to stick it as it is? Yeah, but can, you, know, you, you do what the market prices are doing. Yeah, there's a balance because you can go two routes. You can either sell it cheap and then in the hopes of selling loads of it, or you can find this equilibrium. But people make the mistake I believe it's a mistake of it's like we'll keep increasing the prices you price yourself out of the market and then nobody buys it and then so you've you fucked it either way it's finding a balance I'm not an economist I'm not an accountant I don't deal with any of that stuff I don't know but buy low sell high yeah that's what Weatherspoons do for example (laughs) yeah but they have the capacity to do that whereas an independent pub does not so it's, it's also how many competitors you have, right? If there's loads of people you're competing against, price may be a differentiator like against the, other people. So then you would want to be the... You might take a hit on your margin mm. because now you can out-compete other people and a lot of people can come to you. Yeah. Just like Audi and Lidl did in the supermarket market. They come in and thought, we're going to run our shop and our supply chain as lean as possible. And therefore, we can afford to have lower prices against our competitors. Yeah, it's quantity of what they're selling, though, isn't it? People go there because it's cheap. Well, no, it's not really that. It's the fact that it's how they operate. So they don't have many staff compared to other supermarkets. Do you not think? They're small shops, aren't they, really? Well, yeah, there's no no delivery service either. They get Mm. their their throughput rates on customers is massive. That's why you fucking struggle to pack when they're... Dishing it past because they oh, want to, yeah, it's fucking bullshit. They want to get people. They want to get customers through, but also uh, apparently their supply chain is just insane. Like they can by the seasons, they can change within like a week what they're mm. what they're selling. Really? Well, so when it comes to like Christmas, yeah, they can instantly. Yeah, turkeys on tap. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Zara is a similar one. Their the whole, clothing brand. Their whole model is they can swap out. Clothes really quick, fast fashion. What about Primark? So within a week, oh wow, Primark's that, a bit different, but their differentiating is on creating stuff that's cheap and selling it for cheap. Yeah, yeah. But Zara, they differentiate by the fact that they can keep up with fashion trends really quickly because yeah. they can swap out all the clothes in their store within a, in a week's notice. I'll be going to Primark next week to buy some holiday clothes. But just going back to what we're talking about, my question first of all, Primark, this is another thing that pisses me off get all these girls saying they care about the environment, but they won't wear the same thing twice. That's what I'm going to say about that. Stupid. Stop doing it. Yeah. So I'm s- buying stuff like every week. Yeah. And sending stuff back every yeah. week. I've just spoken to a girl. Like this. If she's worn an outfit, right, this girl at work, if she's worn an outfit on a night out, she's got photos in it, it goes to the back of her wardrobe and she will not wear yeah. it again. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's the biggest issue though. I think the biggest issue is now... Fucking with, grow up. It's a bit changed now, but with free shipping... Uh, it meet and returns policies that are really open. People just buy loads of clothes. ASOS next day delivery. Yeah, knowing that they're going to send back mm, like most of them, probably 80% of them, right? 
you think how much cost that to, to, to deliver it? Yeah. And then to re-deliver it back to the warehouse. That's oh. what Amazon do, don't they? Amazon Prime, you can do this so we can order all these clothes, try them on and then send them back. Yeah. Fucking hell, man. How about that? So the rest of the company's got to absorb those costs. Primark gear, though, is pretty shit. Yeah, it is shit. Some of it's good. Like, I wear Primark boxers, for example. Calvin's early for me, man. Right? Because they're cheap and they last very long. But after a year or so... The skid marks have worn right through. <laughs> <laughs> no, they start ripping and you know what I mean, the gooch on it goes you and just the fucking go, the elastic band on it goes. Just go buy more, so cheap. Yeah, exactly. If you keep on doing that in a year. Do you yeah. know what happens to me? When my, sorry, it's getting a bit crim. When my ball sack sits, yeah, get a hole there. Yes. I'll get a hole in the boxes. <laughs> That's why I mean the gooch area. That's because you're goat like, <laughs> It just gets destroyed. Um, but like I've bought t-shirts from Primark before, black t-shirts. And after a couple of washes, they're all like, like they don't, they're not straight, if that makes sense. Yeah, like at the bottom, they're all just twisted. So poor. It's called an iron, mate. No, but you can't iron them. You can't because it's just lost its shape. The colour goes on it. Next is a bit the same, you know, George. Then they are, but they're not as bad. And they're not that much more expensive. He's next through, through and he right. always has been. Like, has. Well, I've found recently with boots, for example, I bought a pair of Red Wings boots. They were 300 and something quid. They're supposed to last forever. They're not made in a sweatshop in China. They're built by proper bootmakers. They're good quality. And people at work like, comment saying, like, the boots still look all right. Whereas when I used to buy boots, even from Next, you'd buy a pair of boots for 40 or 50 quid and you're throwing them away within a year because they're worn away, the sole's coming off them because they're just glued together. And so 300 quid might seem a lot of money up front, but you ain't going to be buying. In that time, you'd have bought but if they last you forever, pay, even if they last you 10, 20 years... Buy cheap, buy twice. Yeah, you ain't going through all these boots, and you ain't contributing to this, I suppose, what is fast fashion, and you're throwing them away in landfill. And these girls who put their outfits to the back of the wardrobe... Uniform. <laughs> you know what I mean? They end up just either going in a bag and throwing to landfill, going to a charity shop, they must throw loads away, they sell it on Vinted or Depop or whatever the kids do nowadays for someone else to wear once to throw it away again. Throw yeah. society, bro. I, I, I tend to try and avoid cheap clothes because not just because of the quality, as in the quality in terms of durability, but because they're they they're made so cheap, right? So they're trying to get the most material out of mm. their whole stock of material, yeah, right? Yeah. So. They're not ever a good fit. I bought this second hand. Yeah, that's... Yeah. They're never a good fit because it, they're just trying to get the most out of material. This is second hand. Uh, if you want to go environment friendly, second hand's the best way to go. I'm all about like, it, baby. Eat, obviously buying stuff that is good quality second hand. I got handed down a t-shirt the other day from my brother. Did you really? Yeah, Pete. You are <laughs> fucking... Are you serious? They didn't fit any... Fit in it anymore. Oh, oh mate. So I've got a nice little Adidas t-shirt. <laughs> For God's sake. Adidas so, classics? I don't know, mate. Oh, I'll probably on. just dust around in it. Come but. on, bruv. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I've got to say about Prime Army. What was your original question again? What? My subject? Oh, shit. It was the... Just stop oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, should we have a, should we have a breather? Before we move on, though, I do have another example of We can have a breather before to... we go to my subject. Yeah. About, you were saying about could companies take a, a loss or not make as much their margins, you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this relates, Oja, you all know better than I, but Ford was some of the people first 
the pioneers of the five-day working week. So instead of working for six days, people would work for five for the same amount of money as they would for six days. So initially, that might seem like where well, you're going to operate at a loss. How is that feasible? But I bet but productivity went productivity up. Productivity went up. And one of the main driving forces behind it was he was making all these cars. He wanted people to be able to buy them and drive them. So by making his work, allowing his workers to work for five days, paying them the same as if they worked for six, they had more disposable income. They could buy a car and then they could enjoy the car too, which nice. was better for business in the long run. Yeah. Even though initially on the outset, it probably might have seemed like a bad idea. A friend of mine worked for Ford for 20 odd years. He said it's a absolutely fucking cracking pension. And he gets, I think it's a 20% discount at any, yeah, for, but, e- forever, a brand new Ford vehicle. But how old is he? He's 60. <laughs> he won't, you know, everybody at 60 has a fucking cracking pension, mate. It won't be the same now. My dad don't. <laughs> yeah, because he's been self-employed. Yeah, boy. He's never worked at it. He's never no. PAE. Fuck, fuck the system. A lot of PAE back in the day have final salary pensions. I th- don't exist anymore. I tell you what, I think he got made redundant from the big place, the Ford factory, not far away. But now they're booming again. The same as Royal Mail. So Royal Mail used to give out mega pensions, like mega pensions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't anymore. I heard they used to People pay mega wages. People live wage. longer, don't they, yeah. as well? I heard, they, I heard they pay mega wages, or they used to, on the trucks especially, driving a heavy goods vehicle for them. Delivering that mail. Yeah, probably not now. No, it's the market, mate. The market's fucked. You've got too many idiots working for nothing. Fuck's a job up for everyone else. Wow, mm. too many people. No, I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, if the, if the work is that easy to do, where you don't need to be that skilled, anybody can do it. People are going to go and do it, aren't they? Gonna, you know? Yeah. That's why, when I, did I speak, if I said to you to say the best thing you can ever invest in? Is yourself. Is yourself. Amen, brother. The more skill you have, yeah. the more you can stand out, the more You're an a company relies on you, the more money you can demand. Yeah, strings to the bow, lad. Yeah, mate. Too fucking right. But, you know, if you're just some person who's got no skill and is willing to do any yeah. other skilled work, well, then you pay the price of that. Is if you're an average Joe Blocks, mate, yeah, you're just going to bounce across the bottom. Fortunately, that's how it works. We'll have a breather. Come back. I've got a little subject to talk about. And we are back after a quick refreshment break. Again, piss break for George. <laughs> I've had a wee during, during on air. So, going to take a dive, seeing as I have hosting privileges. So, I've been struggling to think about this, but... <laughs> Where's he going with this, mate? I can't wait. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> I saw this little while and I felt, well, do you know what? That's a bit of me, that is. It's <laughs> just, just a bit of me. I'm, well, I think I'm on a bit of an adventure. I think I'm on a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. So, it's a movement, right? I don't think it's just come about. I think it's been about for a long time. OJ's about to burst into tears from laughter. <laughs> this is serious, mate. Sober curiosity. Ever, he- ever heard of it? No, what is it? Sober curiosity. So You've, got, you've not got an inch of curiosity in you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> curiosity killed the cat. Um, it's, a, it's a lifestyle people choose. Sober curiosity is often defined as having the option to choose, to question, or to change your drinking habits for health. Focus reasons, mental or physical. Nice. And the sober curious movement has encouraged individuals to recognise that often unhealthy habits that are associated with alcohol. And I just feel like I want to. I'm sort of halfway on this path, mate. Right? Because getting wrecked and fucked up is not appealing to me anymore. Went out last weekend for a girl's birthday. You know, we, you know, you was there, OJ. You all went. To 
I just went home. I weren't interested, mate. And I, honestly, I felt so good for it. I've been, th- I think, three weeks now not being fucking pissed up at the weekend. I feel much better for it. I like this movement. I'm the same. I don't like getting... This... I haven't drank... George said to me today, have you been wrecked in here? I was like, nah. Like I was saying earlier, we've, we've, we've all spoken about this before, but it's just becoming more appealing to me. I'm an old chunk of coal. And, that need, <laughs> and what I will say needs to be added to a bingo card, by the way. So I fucking say that a lot. But anyway, nevertheless, just because you don't drink doesn't mean you have to go home early. So I didn't drink that night. Oh, uh, yeah. I but really I still sh- went to all these places. I and still sh- had a good time. I struggle like fuck with that. Yeah. And I find people like that bizarre. I struggle you, like fuck. I don't need alcohol to socialise to be in a social situation I was so much happier going home I was half cut went home had a good night's sleep McDonald's some nuggets god bless mate I was happy as Larry in the morning no depression no anxiety no fucking you know what I mean any of that business I felt so much better for it Yeah, and it becomes more and more appealing for me I think it becomes appealing because once you've had a taste of a few weekends of being sober, you realise, or not hungover, you realise how good it is. It sounds a bad thing. You're but like, oh, this is unreal. This feels quite big for me because I find it so easy at the weekend. Come Friday night, if I'm not with my girlfriend, I'll be here at my own place, have a couple of beers, head up town, a couple of beers more, <laughs> and then a couple of beers too many. It just happens, mate. And then I'm there, it's midnight, I'm sat in the pub, fucking pissed out my brains, like, Shit, I keep going. I come home, I feel fucking horrible. I think the aim of the game is to not get drunk and hungover for nothing. Yes. So it's not an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not doing something big and it's not purposeful. What is the point in getting drunk and being hungover? It's better to stay sober. Yeah. Feel better the next day. Admittedly, I'm having, right? a, I'm having a beer now, but I'll be okay tomorrow. And I'm trying to watch my weight as well. So, you know, cutting back on the booze will definitely help me in that department. But just, I don't know. It's just something, mate. Uh, my bank balance is certainly better for it. Now I'm a mortgage payer. Got to be careful. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, mate, it's a very easy way. And I feel like life will travel past so quickly. If you spend every weekend in the pub, mate, it's just a fucking blur forever for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's you no do, good. I don't think, I think you get into a real bad habit and I don't think you can change it. But do you think that if you didn't have a girlfriend... I'd get wrecked every weekend. Yes. Because... I don't know. I don't know more. Because you... I don't know better. Your weekends, you are someone who can't go a day not interacting with someone. I'm a weekend offender. You couldn't sit like I do on a weekend, watch a couple of films, do something, pass the time by, do some stuff on my own. You literally couldn't do that. So if you didn't have a girlfriend, I think you'd be going out every weekend getting I, wrecked because you just you just can't. You don't have the ability to just not do anything at home. I do like dosing, mate, but I'll get real bad cabin fever. I... I, I want to do something productive-ish, you know what I mean? It's but do you do something productive on the weekends with your girlfriend it, mate, when you don't do anything? Taking, taking the children out, you know what I mean? Why don't you just don't drink at all? Why because don't you have a I, Coke? I'm not that. A Diet Coke. I'm not that fella. I'm just not that fella. I can't just not yeah. drink. I can have a couple, mate. 
It's it's finding the balance, mate, of not getting fucking what, trashed. Yeah. And what I was saying is, this movement that you're with, um, uh, that you you like, it's intrigued you. I'm not following it. I don't think like I'm not. I'm not you, a part of I, it. But I guess in your mind, it's only good because you have a girlfriend. I saw a right? video on TikTok, and this lad, the caption, I just read it. I was like, that's just so relatable. What was he saying? Oh, I struggled to remember. It's like, power phrase. Doesn't have to be. Well, he, he was like, you know, do you ever? you're thinking about staying in, you know what I mean? The thought of going out and getting drunk and feeling rubbish the next day is not appealing. The depression, the anxiety, everything that comes with it. I was like, yeah, that, that is it. Because it's, it's getting me on a Monday morning now. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> I agree by that. Yeah, mate, I think it's just getting older. Old lump of coal. <sighs> I just... You get so much grief for going out and going home early. This is what I also yes, hate. because it's antisocial. This is antisocial. And like I was saying, you don't have to drink to be social. Oh. But that's why people don't like it. People don't necessarily want you there drinking with them, getting wrecked. People just enjoy, your friends just enjoy your company. I really struggle with this. And so it's so antisocial to just think, yeah, right, I'm going to go home. If I was in a comfortable place I knew, then yeah, I'd be fine. But if I was in a club not drinking, I'd be like, this is fucking Yeah, but we didn't, we didn't go to a club, though. No, admittedly. Well, we're, like, we just went to bars and clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just struggle with that. Drinking coke all night. Just shit. I'd rather be in bed. Uh, does it not say a bit, though, that maybe, maybe you're one of these people who needs alcohol to have a good time? Prob- I probably am, yeah. Maybe I'm antisocial. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, mate. It's just, it's just. I just like the idea of it. I think you like the idea of it because Ooh. your lifestyle allows for it, right? But I was saying, if you didn't have a partner, you probably wouldn't like this. You, you're probably thinking, "Oh, I don't like the sound of that." I, f- I think I found there is more to life, mate, than going out and getting pissed. Every yeah, but would you have that mindset if you didn't have something on the weekend to take your mind off it, because, think, like a partner? Yeah, the morning after, I would. I'd be like, "Why the fuck do I keep doing this?" Yeah, I just, I, I think it's, I think it was, it, it is getting to my mental health. Yeah, now it's the depression, the anxiety, mate. I feel so shit. It's just, I beat myself up. My girlfriend says yeah, I beat okay. myself up. I was far too much about it. It's like, you know, you've gone out and had a good time. Nothing to worry about. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I just, I want to change, but I can't yeah. fucking change. I always think I work in like, the hangover has to be, the night has to make the hangover worth it. Yeah. Right? So if your night is not going to be that great, that in the morning, the hangover is not going to be as bad because you think, what a night then just don't drink. Mm. How would you handle drink, not drinking jaws on a night out? I wouldn't even entertain the idea of not drinking. That's what I mean. That's what <laughs> I mean. bloke boys are fucking sad. I'm, I'm sat here listening to what you're saying and I find it really difficult to get on board with either of your positions, to be honest with you, because I... Because I mean, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean... You don't like getting, you don't like a day after though, mate. No, I don't. But then I thought, I'm of the opinion that there's a happy medium. So I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, what have I done this week alcohol-wise? I was trying to add it up in my head. I drank four pints on Monday. I had four bottles on Tuesday. And then I had 
Two you... pints every day. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, on Thursday night, I didn't have any beers at home, so I drank a 35 cents litre bottle of rum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was playing Guitar Hero. And I did feel really horrible the next day. You're not getting wrecked every day, though, George. No, but then I had another bit. And then, like, today I'm thinking, okay, well, I had half a Guinness after an hour of being at work, and I had three halves a Guinness throughout, three more throughout the day. At no point was I, like, drunk. Even on Thursday night when I drank all that rum, like, I wasn't being sick, I wasn't hung out. Merry. Yeah, like, the next day I felt tired because I went to bed at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Not necessarily, I didn't necessarily feel hungover. That's another part of it. I forgot to add the late yeah, night, the late night business. The late mate. night gets you, but I didn't Kill feel off. that sickness, I didn't feel that anxiety, depression from a hangover. I was just tired. And so, my brother said to me the other day, he said when he was listening to our podcast previously, although we were both drunk, where we <clears throat> went to a pub on Friday because <laughs> I got to leave work early. He was saying that, do you think the fact that you're a barman changes your relationship with alcohol because you're the one who's in control of the alcohol rather than the alcohol being in control of you? Mm. So you're the one distributing it. You're the one selling it. Yeah. You're not the one on the other side of the bar just getting as wasted as possible. And I said, well, I've never thought about it that way, but I suppose you are right. And I suppose for that reason, although I do drink every night and every day my relationship with it has changed that it's very rare that i get really really drunk and when i do i do feel really shit the next day yeah you fucking hate it yeah my problem is is that when i do go out and this is i think this is your problem lewis from what you were just saying then is that instead of going out and pacing yourself, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to fucking sink the first one, I'm going to sink the next one, and then you're going to keep drinking and drinking and drinking, and then you go, you can't drink any more beer, so you go on to shorts, and you keep drinking until you think you're going to be sick. Like, <laughs> when I went out and I was talking about the tactical chunder, like... Oh, yes. In my mind, part of me thinks that's normal, acceptable <clears throat> behaviour, and a lot of people in the pub agreed, <laughs> but the, the staff didn't. They thought that was ridiculous that you would get to that point throw up and then want to keep drinking i think the issue that when you go on a night out there's this emphasis on drinking as much as possible let's have a good night and then binge drinking binge drinking you get silly you start doing shots you're trying to keep up with everyone else because you're in rounds instead of drinking at your own pace i think that should be his downfall and so what i have learned personally is that it's moderation it's like i i know that i can have two halves or pint half or two pints whatever over a certain amount of time and be okay and not feel drunk, still be able to drive later on in the night yeah. or something like that. But <laughs> it's the fact that you, you're you exercising moderation mm. because you know you've got to drive. Yes. <laughs> so what would happen yes, on the other side of that is you have one, two, three. This is, this is Lewis all day. You have mm. one, two, three beers. When I go see George. You, hold on, hold on. You get to the merry stage. Mm. Yeah. Right? And that's it now. That's it. You, you, the, the, there's enough alcohol in your body that inhibitions have gone, so you're going to get wrecked. I never thought my inhibitions used to go, but actually, as I've adulted and grown up, I've realised they have. When I go to see George at the pub, I'll just have a couple of beers. Oh, George, can you take me home? Yeah, no problem. That's it, mate. That's game over. Mm. All right. And I think it takes me... I think it... Well, first of all, it is mentally affecting me, mate. I, I know that. I know it for a fact. It's fucking making me feel down as fuck. And it's lasting for the day. It's not nice. 
I think it takes me back to a bad place, mate, when I was constantly getting fucking messed up at the weekends or midweek. Yeah. It, the, it makes me feel like I'm failing, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing wrong again, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. The issue that you have, from my perspective, is that you set yourself a target that's unachievable. And then so, whereas before, if you'd never thought about it, you'd have just got drunk, gone home, been hungover, carried on. This is what as, this... as I used to do. But then when I got to a point where I thought I need to readjust my lifestyle, and I did go sober for three months, I think it was. You, <laughs> if you set yourself up to fail, then you feel worse when you, you do feel it. worse when you do it because instead of it just being I'm hungover, the guilt creeps in. You think, I've let myself down. I've let these people down yeah, who exact- I told my goals to. Exactly. And then you get in this, like, spiral it's fucking of being horrific. like, oh, I've fucked up. And then you feel bad. And so how are you going to feel better? I'm going to get fucked up. And then it's just, you just keep going and going and going, making the same mistakes every weekend. This movement is not, I'm not following it like solely, you know what I mean? But it's opened your eyes up to it and you're intrigued into it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ever going to fucking not drink. But having a couple, you know what I mean? Go home, have a couple of beers. That that's that I'm happy. Mm. Do you have it in you to do that? Yeah, well, I have been doing it for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel mate, I feel much better for it. But you're at home. You've got you know, I think it's different when you're at home and you've got no Well, I went out, mate, and I did it. Yeah, you did. But you were with your partner. If you weren't with your partner, no, she, mate, she said to me, you know, carry on with them lot. Go I know, with. I know, I know. But, but, but I think her being there and her stop not drinking sort of in your mind is a trigger to think she's going to go home. I'm just going to go as well. I have, I but have, if she wasn't there. I have bought her home before and gone back out. Yeah. Well, yeah. But it just, it, that doesn't end well either. Let's put it this way. You never come to the pub to see me. When you could have been with your girlfriend, it's always because you weren't with her tonight. So you think, what else is there to do? Yeah, that is true. Right? Yeah, this is what I'm trying to and say. Now, yeah. Understandably, if I didn't work at a pub, then me and you could have met up and done something. But it just happens to be that I work in a pub. And so when you come and see me, and then, but now you're in that environment. And then one thing leads to another. You have a couple of sherbets. Everyone else there is drinking. People start saying, oh, who wants a drink then? You get into rounds. I have to see you in the pub because I don't see you any other way. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, it, it is difficult from that, in, in that regard. Just on you, do yes. you think if you work nine till five, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. didn't work on the weekends, you would exercise moderation still? Would you be binging <laughs> on Friday? Would you be binging on Saturday? I think you'd be too tired. I <laughs> I don't think so. I think he would. I think he'd find himself in an environment in which I would go. Yeah, you would go to the pub and be a publican, <coughs> mm. get wasted. Yeah, I don't think you do that on Monday or Tuesday. It grows old because everybody else is Everyone not doing out, that. Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. I said the problem with having Monday and Tuesday off is that no one else is doing anything. There's a time in my life where that was good because I didn't want to be doing anything, but I do enjoy it. Like I. Maybe I'm an addict. Maybe I'm an alcoholic. Maybe I have a drinking problem. But I just love alcohol. I love drinking Guinness. Why? Why do you like drinking Guinness? I, I don't know how to describe it. Some girl the other it's day... It's mental I, association. I poured one and I started drinking it. She's like, you drink that like water. I was like, Cause it is water to me. <laughs> I just love it. I can't describe my love for it. Just the buzz you get just takes the edge off. I don't know. Do you get a buzz off it? Off one? Uh, well, a little bit. I had half a Guinness earlier. 
I hadn't eaten anything. It was really busy for two hours, and some woman made some comments to me. It pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, uh, I won't go into what, but she was just being fucking hysterical, old woman. Once I'd done all that, I thought, oh, you know, I'm gonna have half a Guinness. And the boys at the bar, were like, yeah, go on, mate, go on, have one. <laughs> and then I just fucking, just fucking synced it in one go, and I, th- I just felt better. Do you think that is addictive behaviour? Yes, Your Honour. I, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of my triggers, I'm aware of my response, but I just... Don't you feel happy for having a drink and going home and not getting fucked up? I and do, feeling good in I, the I morning? I do feel, like I think back to when I used to go home after work and I would drink a lot because I didn't have to drive and then yeah. I'd come home and drink like 12 bottles of Stella, go <laughs> home at 3 o'clock in the morning and wake up and do it all over again. Like, I think back to those times and I think I do feel better for it, but I think you can have... You know, there's plenty of guys that come to the pub, they have three pints and they go home. I personally don't see a problem with it. It it takes me back, mate, to when I was drinking heavily, like substance abuse, mate. Mm. Didn't, matter, didn't matter what day of the week it was, you know what I mean? Mm. If I was fucking drinking, I'd uh, get, get a little something extra, performance enhancer, as I called it. <laughs> and that just wouldn't bother me, mate. Mm. But now, when I do it, I'm like, uh, you know, you see, you, you know, people, you know what people are at in the pub, right? And you're like, you can hear them talking, like, yeah, we'll go back to his house. Do you want to come on? That, that doesn't, no, it's just unappealing anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that, in my eyes, that is good because I've been and done it. I don't want to do it again, man. So it's fucking the feelings, mate. You go, All I'm going to say is, I think that the people who swing on either end of the spectrum and they say, they're those people who just, as we have both been in the past, let's get fucked up as much as possible, as often as possible. And then the other side, it's like, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to drink any. Not in your situation, OJ, where you're like, I can't drink tonight because of this. But people that just say no completely, I'm never going to touch alcohol again. Personally, I find it better if you can trust yourself around a beer. So if you know that you can have one or two and then not yes. instantly going to this crazy stage. Like, obviously it still happens, but it takes, like... What did you say? If you go into the Dragon's Den, you'll get burnt. <laughs> the Dragon's Lair. Yeah, yeah. If you go into yeah. the Dragon's Lair, you've got to be prepared to get burnt. It feels yeah. fucking right, mate, isn't it? You yeah. put yourself in that situation, unless you can control yourself, <laughs> you are in worlds of trouble. And I don't want to play you down on this, Lou. Honestly, don't. You go into that, aren't you? But I just think you're in this mental state at the minute because you have a partner, and I know I'm harping on about this, but I just think it's your mental state. Because you have a partner, you have certain responsibilities on the weekend, you have something to do. I genuinely think if you didn't have someone there, number one, it would probably reduce your guilt a little bit. You wouldn't be feel as guilty. Oh, well, I have got my own family too, haven't I? Oh, I've got, you know, my daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll probably, w- I would go for a few sherbets on a Friday, but... You can't go for a few sherbets, though. If you've got, if you've not got someone there... It's a mental... No responsibility on the weekend. It's a mental battle, mate, I tell you. If you were here every day on your own, and you thought t- tomorrow, it was Friday night, and you went out to the pub, and then you think, I've got nothing to do tomorrow, mm. right? You'd think, oh, I'm going to get battered. Yeah. And you would, I still think you'd be depressed and upset the next day but the feeling wouldn't be that bad because you haven't got anyone dependent on you or you let yourself down the mental health service in the uk is like 
so fucking under strain in a minute and then here's all us all getting fucking wrecked giving themselves the pressure but I need help <laughs> it is weird like I said before it is weird how uh, I'm the same as, and this is why I partly don't drink as much anymore I don't like you but I'll do it the hangovers are number one horrendous and yeah I agree the, the, the mental health side effects for the whole week yeah that's are what horrendous mean. are horrendous I don't know what what's changed in me as I've got older but maybe when we were younger we just didn't drink as much I remember we didn't have as much responsibility I remember going to work I've got no responsibility really yeah you do you've got work I turned up at work you've one... got you, you, you... sorry Lewis to interrupt you there but you, you work towards these goals you know what I mean like when I go to sleep now and I'm fucked up and I wait and I'm waking up like checking my phone you're like you're waking up and that anxiety hits but instead of just thinking oh I'm just fucked up I want to go back to sleep <laughs> it's like Shit, what if work needs me and they've called yeah, me and they've texted me? I'm like, like that, yeah. shit, how am I going to do this? Have I done this? And yeah, like, that's oh, what I'm like. Yeah, and all these things compound on you. It's like you're there, lying, go, trying to go to sleep, like, shit, did I lock that door? Did I turn this off? And all these things are running through your mind. Whereas when you're a teenager, me personally, I'd get into bed and I'd go to sleep, I'd wake up and think, I should go back to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, that's all it was, mate. You had no worries, but because the, hang- the anxiety, yeah, in, like, Let's opens the door for things to creep in. If there's nothing to creep in, you've got nothing to worry about. If you open the door and there's all these fucking demons trying to like get into you, it's going to make you feel worse. Growing up and being an adult, do you think it's like society's way of growing you out of doing all that shit? No, because I think there are plenty of people that agreed who, who do it. But do you think it, in some some terms, it is? You know what I mean, like. Yeah, well, people always say you got to grow up, don't you? Adult life gives you so many responsibilities, it changes your life. And then on a Friday, like, you know, I can't go out and get fucked up, so I've got to do this on Saturday. That's fucking boring. I know, but is that is that society's fucking way on us, mate? Uh, n- You've got to grow up and get boring, basically. No, but That's fucking sad. Equally, to function in society, you need to be social. And in Britain especially, being social involves alcohol. A lot of the regulars that come into the pub, the main driving force behind why they don't cut down their drinking is because if they didn't go to the pub, they wouldn't be with anybody. Yeah. And so by going to the pub, you're socialising. And as social creatures, that's more important. Yes, it has its downsides. Or do you think Sarty's made to make us drink more? Because <laughs> it's such bullshit yeah, all I mean, the time. Drinking has been a part of people's lives for as long as history can remember. It's just the way it is. To boil it down, mate, I don't. I've not. I've not enjoyed the mental side of it. The, the days after. But you take it extremely far, don't you? Yeah, I know I do. That's my problem. Like maybe this is a symptom of being able to drink as much as you can is that although you... Yeah, but I can't, can I? So I'm fucking in bits the next day. <laughs> I know, but like, Lewis, whenever I try and go drink for drink with you, I end up having to be sick at some point because yeah. it's fucked me up. You're rolling with the right. big boys. Right. <laughs> but for, for you, you can carry on going. You've not been affected that much. But the next day and during the night when you're asleep, your body's still having to process yeah. a massive amount you're of not, alcohol. You're not asleep. You're still... Your liver is still processing yeah. it into the alcohol hydrogenase, and so you've still got a huge amount of that in you. On a Friday, I could go to the pub, have five or six pints, I suppose, or I have done, and be merry. Mm. You know, ten, half ten, like, well, that's home time. I'm happy with that. I'm not hungover the next day, I feel fine. But I also meet, 
late, I think the late nights as well. A day session, right? Mm-hmm. Drinking in the daytime, early doors and going home early, that would suit me. I wouldn't mind that. It's the fact that everyone wants to start at seven or eight and then go out late. That's that's the problem. The late nights, mate. Yeah, the late nights are. I'm not, and I think <laughs> smoking the way I do, fucking twenty. Yeah, you chuffing, mate. Twenty plus fags on a night out. The next day, mate. Can I if I'm running on fucking one, one lung <laughs> or half a lung? You know what I mean? I'm like, <sighs> I have to do that all day to check on fucking breathing. So I think I'm going to stop breathing. Mm. I don't know if that's anxiety as well. I do find when I smoke with you, like, I the next day I feel really horrible. Yeah, he's not as you have to blame this. You're not a <laughs> mate. <laughs> You're not made like us. <laughs> Built different. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, the moral of it is really, mate. It's moderation. Moderation is the key. It's the key to eating. It's the key to dieting. It's the key to exercise. It's the key to uh, not if I, having a girlfriend does help, mate. 100%. I won't deny that. That's probably a... Awful excuse. Yeah. For That's reasons unknown, excuse. I think you give alcohol a semi-bad name. It's not an excuse. Because of outside factors. I don't, it's not just the alcohol. I, but. Do, I just don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that lad that, like, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, Because you're going to say now, I all, don't want to be that guy who goes out, drinks every night, or drinks on the weekends getting battered by like some people. I don't want to be that guy that everyone remembers as just being a fucking... Oh, he, he was in the pub all the time. But I think... I don't in want to some be... ways, in some ways, I, I I hate people like that. I hate people who look down on other you, people mate. who drink a lot. We have a friend who drinks a lot in the pub, right? But fucking hell, mate, he's having a good time. What's what's fucking wrong with having a good time? Some of these people are fucking boring. I'm afraid right? and live boring weekends. And I think OJ, the good times do have to come to an end. No, mate, they no, don't. They don't. They, they fucking just... don't. Would you go through life having good time all the time, no responsibilities, not not going anywhere in life? Would you do that? I think it's fucking bullshit and fucking sad to think <laughs> weekends will be taken up by going to shopping, by doing all these different bullshit things. And by the way, I'm not saying going out with your kid. I'm saying that's that's that <laughs> going out with a child or having children and raising children and going out with them. Yeah. I think I do put that in the same bracket as going and having fun, by the way. I do say that, that's enjoyable. But sitting inside or going shopping on mm. that's your weekend is horrendous. If you tried it, you probably wouldn't mind it, you know. As Nat, a human, you're supposed to Nat enjoy wrong, your leisure time. Not wrong with yeah. pushing a trolley around Tesco. You've just gotta adjust your perspective. So once upon a time for me a good time. Was drinking, drinking twenty bottles of beer, three. Yeah, I drink that. <laughs> three and a half grams of speed and two hundred balloons, right? But that's not good. That's not conducive to a good time, really. But now I can go out and have, like when I went out on Friday night, I got, I left work at half nine. I went to the pub at ten. I had two pints of Guinness and I just sat and talked for an hour and a half. And I came away thinking, oh, that was a good night. Yeah, I was there for an hour and a half. I wasn't drunk. I felt fine the next Social. day. I could, do, I could do that. You know, the, but I the, could have escalated it. And obviously all the, the, the girls I were with, they're like, should we go to town? Not not to me and Jack, obviously, because they think we're old men. But it's funny, escalating's it's, easy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and for them, they're like, we need to go out and dance, we need to go and sing, we need to go and get as drunk as possible. But there wasn't even a part of me anymore, because once upon a time there was, I would have jumped at the opportunity to do so. I just thought, me and Jack were like, should we have another one or should we just go home? We were like... Let's just go home. Went home, played some Guitar Hero, had a glass of water, <laughs> chatted, and then no went to dream. bed. Oh, you... But it's you, a good time, you see, so you adjust your perspective. Would you give up any future prospects of having a decent life 
to go out every weekend. By the way, I'm not saying you have to go out weekend to enjoy something. I'm saying doing mundane things Would you because s- you've got a responsibility is crap. It's crap. Like go, spending your weekend going shopping at Tesco, shopping at Ikea, and then coming home, <laughs> watching TV. Do you not think that's going to come for you eventually? Never, mate. When you're, Never. So when you have your own gaff, what are you going to do at the weekends, mate, when you need to go shopping? Oh, well... Obviously, it's part and parcel of the job, but it won't be the mainstay of my week. Going out shopping is not going to be the fun part of my weekend. That's all I'm saying. That's going to be the boring chore I need to get out of the way. No, it ain't. The, I do it. It's not the boring part of my weekend. I, I, I don't have any problem doing it, though. Yeah, but when I was younger, we used to go to Dad's house. Their idea of a night out was walking around. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's wank. Going into fucking John Lewis, going into Zara, going into all these fucking yeah. places. Fuck Maybe that. going Yuck. to Pizza Hut. But... Uh, <laughs> I well, let's put it this way, Lewis. Right, drinking is easy though, isn't it? Like yes. we we could meet up and do things that weren't drinking, right? A, every social I, event is drink related. Yeah, I but find. if I said to you, I'm, I've got next weekend off. Why don't we go paintballing? Because we used to have fun doing paintballing. What would your response to that be? It's too expensive. It's too much effort. Can't be asked to do it. Fucking so, bullshit. Okay, well, why don't we go go-karting? No, nah, it's too expensive. I can't be asked to do well, that. I'll go go-karting. Why, go why don't we go to Orton Towers? No, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Yeah, that's fucking... That's a bullshit yeah. mentality. But... I, I don't like all like, the posters. Do you want to go to the pub? It's like... Yeah, okay, well, that's easy because it's a five-minute walk or it's a five-minute drive. We can get a lift. There's no physical exertion. We'll just sit there and talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to lift the point up, mate. That's physical exertion for me. Yeah, like you get to a point, I think, where it's you fall into this habit of all your social activities involve drinking. I'd rather spend because my money that's the easy option. Doing decent stuff at the weekend. Mate, what I would. Okay, why don't we go paintballing then? Yeah, let's go. Do you know what gives me anxiety? It's getting cold though, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Cause you get hot, don't you, running around? Yeah, and yeah. given our state of fitness now after the uh, first game, we're like, shot. What gives me anxiety? Not having something to look forward to. Mm. I get anxiety booking things and organising things are you joking about I get anxiety thinking shit in the next six months I've got nothing to look forward to that gives me anxiety because I think fuck what am I doing in my life I'm Mm. I'm happy not having anything booked mate You're mental, mate. I really don't. I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, should we do this uh, this date? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really hesitant. It's like, oh, yeah. Why? What? I don't I understand don't that know. mentality. Because I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I like to do things on my terms. I do think the problem with making plans far in advance is it gives you too long to think about them. And so when you have... No, a... I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking well, buzzing. Bournemouth, we just did it. It's a case of having to do it, else we'll never do it. But when you get a, when something spontaneous, I think people say, oh, spontaneous nights are the best. I think it's because you've got no preconceptions of what it's going to be like. Yes, that's true. And you Can't have... be disappointed. And if you do <clears throat> have anxieties about stuff, then like it gives you more time to be anxious about something because you, yeah. you're thinking about all these possibilities yeah you see that's 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 why what gets different you may get anxious about something coming up mm. whereas i get anxious if i don't have something coming up i'm going on yes. holiday in november mate and i'm booking i'm buzzing already i'm counting down the days mm. you really yeah i'm anxious about getting on a plane in two weeks time mate now you're not thinking fuck i'm gonna be on holiday with no responsibilities this is gonna be epic no i'm worried about the two-hour plane flight there make sure everything's okay you know what i mean oh, I, to... I bought this ipad so i could fucking watch films on the plane you just bought that <laughs> i'm worried about having to fly the plane mate because the pilot dies you know what i mean <laughs> maybe that is symptomatic of one of those is mental disposition compared to yourself i'm a negative nelly i think i see oh, the man. i see the negatives so i see the positives so 
Look, look, here we go then. See, in your position, that wouldn't have happened if you never went to the pub, would it? No, is that exactly, all those yeah. people that know each other? Do you know exactly. what? OJ, I, I, a long time ago, I would have got buzzing for that. But not, no, not now. Like Christmas, I used to be dead excited for that. Yeah, well, I'm buzzing for Christmas as well. What well, period, mate? I'm not anymore because I know how it works. No, you're not excited about Christmas because you've got nothing. You're not social. You just It's going to be sit at home, boring, crap. Well, I you know can't wait. To my house, well, on Christmas. I can't wait. With my family. I can't <laughs> wait because it's fucking football non-stop. The darts are on. Everybody's going to be buzzing in the pub. Oh, you're a shithead. Ex- extra, <laughs> ex- everybody's gonna extra happy. Events are going to go on. People are going to go out, do sort of stuff. I'm like, fuck, it's going to be sick. And me and you will be in my bedroom, won't we, Lewis, on Christmas night, drinking ourselves. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I've ended up at multiple people's house on Christmas. Depressed. That's fun, though. <laughs> it is fun, yeah. We had a good time last time, didn't we? Watch just yeah. shit on the computer, drank fucking loads of Disserano and Cherry Brand. Oh, fuck, mate. It's fucking horrific. Yeah, but yeah. that's fun. To be fair... I just like being social with people. Yeah, it's what you make of it, like... Well, no, people hate know. New Year's, right? I think the most exciting part for me is seeing, well, my, my little girl opening the presents that's and then my girlfriend's yeah, little boy. Cute. That's it, mate. The Christmas spirit is dead for me, mate. I'm like, where's my fucking presents? <laughs> Christmas spirit is dead for me, mate. Yeah, to be honest, I hate old. Christmas Day. Do you know why I hate Christmas Day? Because you eat too much. Because my family's boring. Because <laughs> like, my mum and my sister are like you, probably. <laughs> they don't drink... Not that I don't have to drink, right? But they it's watch a few films. Me and Sarah had a glass of champagne at eight o'clock in the morning last Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Day for me is wake up, watch Doctor Who, special. a couple of presents. Not we don't have loads of presents. Mum cooks the dinner, right? And then after dinner, it's Christmas gone. Like mm. right? they just sit and watch TV. Yeah, fall asleep like any other day. Whereas I want to be part of the family who like. Play Monopoly or play all these fucking games. Banter flying. Why don't you boys come to my house for Christmas? It's banter flying. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we wake up, espresso martinis as soon as we wake up, go on my empire, they're getting drunk, everyone's fucking getting drunk. Yeah, that's just what showing Christmas dumb is stories. Epic, yeah. And then we all just, just, once we've had enough, we all just kind of go home. I slope off. Yeah, but I would want to carry on. Well, it's when I went to my dad's house for Christmas one time. Fucking, that's so boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're just there. You're just... Uh, to be fair, Christmas spirit's dead at my family house now. Yeah, it's boring. You, used to be a nice roast dinner. Used to be a big picnic, which, whichever one. Now, no. Bants are flying. Nothing, man. The that Chris... is horrendous. That is just so sad. I don't think my mum... Mum didn't even put the Christmas decorations up last year. Oh, fair man. enough. It's fucking hassle. It's effort. Yeah, it is. To be fair. It's just like... It's worth uh, it. Yeah. We've got a date designated already in my household to put the decks up this year. Yeah, rate that. Yeah. Because um, also, putting the decks up is similar to Christmas Day and everybody's together, banter flying. Exactly. Having fun. That's what Christmas is fucking epic. Yeah. Although... <laughs> I got to an age where I just remember playing Call of Duty last <laughs> mum and my sister put oh, Christmas in but I was still there. You've grown up though, mate, now. Yeah, but I... Uh, you've got to take all these traditions, you've got to carry it forward and pass on to the next generation. It's like when me and my family go egg rolling on Easter. 
Yeah, you love that. You're I do love that. I look forward yeah. to it still because it's just funny just going there. And even though, like, now running up and down those fucking <laughs> hills absolutely does me in. You know what I mean? A, a pa don't go down the hills no more after you, had, after you fucking <laughs> fell down one year. <laughs> you know, you know, my, my sister doesn't want to do it. You know, my mum and that ain't going to be running down the hills. But we go and it's just nice and it's funny and you have a laugh. Yeah, epic. It's all a bit silly. Family bonding. And when I have kids, I'll be taking them to hills and throwing eggs down. Down. Yeah, because it's just fucking good bant, mate. I'll tell you what's funny as well, when you go there and you're the only family doing it, and then people are looking at you weird, and then you go ah, the next year and there's four other families rolling next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trendsetters, <laughs> mate. <laughs> right, since you're host, Lewis, do you want to end the episode with Lewis's question, because we've not had one for a while? Uh, have I asked this one? One life lesson you could give to someone else, and what would it be? No, you haven't answered that one. You've, that you've one. not had that one? No. What was it then, boys? Invest in yourself. Okay, that's genius. Uh, <laughs> one life lesson. Yeah, one life lesson you give someone, someone, what would it be? Don't do drugs. Yeah, no, just do them safely. Reasonable. Nah, I don't know. Well, a life lesson, uh, the, the greatest mistake you can make is thinking that you know everything. I think mine would be don't do something for somebody else's happiness. Make sure you're happy always. Oh, that's a good one. Don't hold someone else's emotional balls. Yeah, yeah. Don't not, put, not those kind of balls, boys. Don't put someone before you for their happiness. You know, yeah. make sure you're always happy. So this has been episode 28, full of all sorts of interesting stories and whatnot. We will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye.